Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Our number one of the get right. We're Reg and KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Oh, you excited. Do you realize how fast you said our number one of the get right? Is, was it that quick? You sped right through that. Rodrigo, can I get a double check? Yeah, I'll, get, I'll get it to you at the top of the Thank hour. Thank you. Fantastic. <laughs> He's like, I don't uh, want to get right. I was hour, like, calm down. We got four of these things, bro. Our number one <laughs> of the get right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Attitude. That is correct. Rigo Mendoza, my man Jeff, all decked out of this Manchester United kit and form tonight. Glory, glory. Glory, glory. Mm-hmm. It is NBA draft night at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Attitude. If you want to get at us on Twitter, we are with you. For the next four hours, for what is, I'm calling Reds, the most consequential night in the Luka Doncic era for the Dallas Mavericks. They hold the number 10 overall pick. Who will they select? Will they trade it? All of that to come over the next four hours. The text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, I realize we've been gone for a little bit, but we haven't gone anywhere if you follow us a little bit. <laughs> Somebody said, Reg, you know how to do four hours because you do KNC. I'm not nah, be in there chilling, bro. <laughs> this is different. You do get to hang out, you know, with Kev and Corey, you know, Mike Bassick, you know, Derek Holland on the occasional Wednesday. And you just get to sit back there, you know, just chill and do your thing, right? That's right. That's right. Now I got to, like, work. You got to work, work. Talk and have work, conversations. Work, 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 work. That's no. right. That's right. Shout That's out to Rihanna, by I've the often called myself the Rihanna of 105.3 The Fan. Oh, really? No. Why would I ever wow. say that? Because my next question was, who was the Beyonce of 105.3 The Ooh, Fan? Ooh. That's a good text in. 877-881-1053. That's how you know we back. Just That's, I'm asking you to text back, in about baby. random nonsense. We back. Look, and we got four hours because we got doing the show again until next week. So guess what? You finna get a full load of right. four hours of content okay. tonight. No? No. What did you say? Yeah, uh, that's right. Market. 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 I thought it was just me. I was Market. Like, Come on, man. Market. Uh 720. Levi Weaver of the Athletic Major League Baseball gonna be joining us because not one, not two, not three, not four. Five Rangers moving on to phase number two of all-star Major League Baseball voting. So Marcus Simeon, who is right now your leading vote-getter for second base in the American League, MVP-type year for Marcus Simeon. We'll talk to Levi Weaver of The Athletic. But tonight is all about your Dallas Mavericks as we kick off our conversations tonight. Reg, what is the worst-case scenario for your Dallas Mavericks. Let's make people mad. Do it. Let's go. Sitting Let's and go. picking. Sitting and picking is worst case scenario. Sitting and picking? For just tonight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. At least in my estimation. Because I think that that falls into what I think is the worst case scenario for the entirety of the offseason. And maybe we don't want to stretch it all the way through. But I think that some of this, um, or like really your entire, this tonight establishes the tone for the entirety of your offseason. You have a lot of things to nail, and we've talked we've talked extensively about this, really. Just the 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 dearth, in fact, I don't even know if that's the right word. I shouldn't use that. But like the 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 so many things that you have to try and address. The myriad is the word I was looking for. The myriad of things that you have to address 
whether it's wing defense, whether it's, you know, wing shooting, spot up shooting, whether it's, you know, post defense, whether it's pick and roll, you know, threats, whether it's, you know, added depth on your team, like you have a lot of things that you need to address and you don't have a lot of things to do that. And so when we talk about it right now, this number 10 pick is one of, if not your best assets available to you. And so you got to make the most of it. And I don't think just getting a young player that possibly could come in and be a role player start, but also like is going to, it's going to be unfair to have a high expectation on them right off the jump. I think that that is not enough out of the 10. And maybe that's unfair. Maybe I'm asking too much out of the 10. But I think that because of the unique point in time that you sit in, and when I say that, I mean you are on the cusp of a new collective bargaining agreement in the NBA, which has teams in a weird place. The Wizards just blew this thing up, and they're willing to take on money. You have (laughs) teams that have a lot of money that are sending players away, players that you would think could help them, but because they're trying to get themselves ready for salary cap hell and things of that nature. You are in an opportune time to take 10 and utilize it to get a little bit extra. And so I think that the front office of the Mavs need to be, you know, real industrious and make some more out of 10 than just a singular player. For me, the worst case scenario tonight is not maximizing the number 10 overall pick. And however, that needs to happen because I've been on the train of trading down with this pick and trying to find some win now help while also making a first round selection. Because for me, you talked about the collective bargaining agreement, mm-hmm. all this talk about aprons and cooking and whatever else is going on with this CBA. Wait, you said cooking. That's right. I mean, we're aprons and all that. Whatever, oh, got you, you got know, you, got you. I'm back with you. That's right. That's right. Um, for the Mavericks, though, Nico Harris and Andrew Baker in this front office, finding a way not only to get some veteran help, make a pick in this first round, but then look to the future and how that informs what you're going to be doing in free agency. We know the number one thing that they have to do is to get Kyrie Irving back in the fold and moving forward with his team this summer. But you've got to start finding young, cheap talent. Hello, Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, to be able to continue to win in the future because if you can, now you're doing some better roster building given the restraints that you're going to be having with the new CBA. So for me, maximize this pick with as much value as you can. You've got too many needs to address to sit there and just make a just make one pick because as of right now, as of this moment, that's all you got in the NBA draft this year is your number 10 overall pick because you don't have any second round picks for the next seven years unless you find a way to buy back in tonight during the second round. But for me, that is what I need the Mavericks to do. If they don't find a way to maximize that value, that to me is worst case scenario. So you agree with me? Just sitting and picking is worst case scenario on the yeah, night. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah. See how I'm a real gin. You did. But um, you did. pursuant to that conversation, a question that I have been thinking of, uh, thinking on last night when the rest of the NBA world started going crazy and I was doing things on MLB The Show. Don't worry about that. Uh, they wouldn't let you have no fun, would they? No, they wouldn't. They just kept interrupting. I was having a great pitching outing. Nobody cares about my um, MLB The Show. Bradley Beal's going where? Yeah, that's right. Um, but what are the value, or how do we rank the value of the Mavs assets? Because there's not a lot of them. So taking stock of the matters, okay. right? And the thing that I kept thinking of is that 2027 first-round pick is still sitting there. It is. And so... If you feel like, and I don't know that this team feels like that, but if you feel like you need to get closer to going all in and making sure that you're like, we we need to get these things done um, and how desperate and dire you feel your situation is, that could be a pick that comes into play in trading. But is that so valuable that you need to hold it off? Or is that so valuable that you're like, we can put this in? And then also, when you talk about assets that you have available to you, and you know I don't like talking about human beings as assets, but you understand the meaning. 
Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, young, talented players that yep. are looking like they could be role players. However, that provides value to other teams, and teams might want that as well, especially when we talk about the idea of trying to get your salary cap right. How do you rank these? How do you how do you establish the value in those? And what does that like kind of how does that guide the decision making that Nico Harrison and the rest of the Mavs front office is going to have to make? Well, if it's anything like we've seen so far this offseason, the trade market is going to be incredibly wild uh, for the NBA this sure. summer. So the longer you can hold on to that 2027 first round pick and maybe utilize it as an asset to go get some other veteran help around the league, you might want to hang on to that. But your best asset right now is the number 10 overall pick and what you decide to do with it. And then you start looking at Davis Bertans, his contract. Maybe you have to package that with 10 to get somebody to bite in order for you to be able to make a move in this year's And that's NBA clearing draft. some roster space. That's and right. The, I think, and sorry, to, I've cut no, into your, your answer now, but I think that it's important to establish why that matters. Because some people are like, yo, that's a bad contract. You get rid of it. The amount of money that you clear, and whew, can I stop real quick before doing that? I'm stopping in the middle of a stop. Mm-hmm. I realize it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Can we talk about just how complex the NBA um, salary cap is? Very complex. Like it's it's compared to football. Obviously, baseball does not have a salary cap, but football is so much more straightforward than all of the nooks and crannies and exceptions that happen in basketball. But with all that being understood, or like to to get to the most basic portion of that, if you can get off of Davis Bertans' contract, that gets you to a place where now you have what they call the mid level exception. I think the taxpayer mid-level exception, correct me if I'm wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And that now gives you another opportunity to go and add in free agency. So I think that that, that is why that is of such value, and that could be a huge thing, even if you're – because I understand, like, getting a player is something that's a lot easier for people to digest. Like, oh, we got Clint Capella and another pick. Cool. Getting off Davis Bertans can be huge because you could be getting a player in that way as well. Also, you got Tim Hardaway's descending contract as well. That could be an asset. You don't want to have to move off of a Jaden Hardy or a Josh Green to make things happen. But for me, of the two, if I got to make a move to make something happen, let's say a Miles Turner becomes available and Rick Carlisle and the Indiana Pacers say, I want Josh Green in return. Well, guess what, Josh? It was nice having you as a Maverick here, but we're going to have to move you on. Really? Okay, so you're that willing. Yeah. Of the two, if we're talking about between Green and Hardy, Green would be the one, in my personal opinion, who I would move off of before I did with Jaden Hardy, so I think I understand why, but can you can you lay that out like plainly? Because I'm I'm interested in your lo- your logic and your thought process there. Well, I feel like for me, Hardy has more upside. Uh, I know there's some questions about you know the development of his defense as a you know perimeter guard in that way, but what he has right now, he's a certified bucket getter. If there's one thing that Jaden Hardy can go do, and that's go get me a bucket. And when I got a guy like Luca and Kyrie, I need other dudes who can go get their own shot. And Jaden Hardy, it appears to be a guy that can do that. And Josh Green, while yes, certain energy, hustle, good passer, there's more dimensions, I think, and upside for Jaden Hardy's game that I would want to keep here relative to who I have in terms of Luke and Kyrie, presuming he's back here, that uh, I think Jaden Hardy's game fits. But those are some of the things that you're looking at tonight. Now, as we go through the entirety of this NBA draft, Presumed number one pick, Victor Wimbanyama, going to be going to the San Antonio Spurs. That is the overall consensus that he's going to go number one. Now, when we get to two and three with Scoot Henderson and then Brandon Miller, there's been some back and forth throughout the course of the day. Lying season. Could Scoot Henderson find himself being a Charlotte Hornet? Could Brandon Miller find himself as a Charlotte Hornet? Michael Jordan, according to reports, is going to have the final say on who is taken with the Charlotte Hornets, 
as Adam Silver walks up to the podium, it will become official here in a matter of seconds that Victor Wimbanyama will be the number one overall selection by the San Antonio Spurs. With that being said, though, you got the Thompson twins. You've got Cam Whitmore. You've got Taylor Hendricks out of UCF. Derek Lively, who's moving up some people's draft boards as well. The These are a lot of, Duke. of names. A lot of names. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot to go on here as it has become official. Breaking news on 105 through the fan is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Victor Wimbanyama, the number one overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Center out of France becomes the next generational big man to be selected by the San Antonio Spurs following the footsteps of David Robinson and the big fundamental Tim Duncan, Victor Wimbanyama, the number one overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft. But that's where the intrigue really begins is after three yeah, with Wimbanyama, Scoot, and then Brandon Miller, what happens after that? And I, I think that laying that out kind of leads me to an interesting thing that I've had thought about a lot. Um, Jason Gavoni, or Jonathan Gavoni, rather. It would help if I'm trying to credit him to get his name right. Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN um, in the Draft Draft Express does a lot of uh, NBA and basketball, I should say, um, prep work and draft work. And the way that he has pointed to this draft to kind of get some of our football friends involved in everything there's tiers um, within it, and there the one tier we have already seen, you know, finished. There's there's Victor Wimbanyama tier. After that, there's a tier of the next two guys uh, between Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller. However, you want to rank those guys between them. After that, the guys that are like anywhere from four to nine is the way that he's broken it down. And then after that, he kind of views it as like ten to nineteen. Right, like there's just there's a there's a group of guys that are all really solid within that range of ten to nineteen. Whether it's kind of some of the, the it gets deeper as you get later into the and draft. It's, it's a lot of perimeter defender type yes. guys or you know shooters, those types of guys. Which hey, great for the great for the Mavs because you need those. But this is why I am so sold on the idea of trading back and getting some value in that pick because. If there's a tier of guys that are maybe not exactly the same, I don't want to give you that impression and lie to you because that's not what we do here on the Get Right. But if a, a, a group of guys that can really be solid role players on an NBA team, at least project to be so, from 10 to 19, and you're sitting at 10, if you can get 15, if you can get 16, even 20, there's a good chance that you get a player in that same caliber range that you want and still get another added value of it, right? And I think that, that that is why I've been so locked in because, again, they need to make some things happen. But also, you still want to get a valuable role player, and I think that that's a, that's a good way of um, adding to you. Um, but I, I think that in going back to the original question, worst-case scenario for the Mavs uh, this evening, I hadn't considered this from the 903. Worst case, worst case is trading your pick because of bad contracts. Now... The that idea in and of itself is one thing. I think you then have to be like, what are you, what are you getting back, right? That has to be the question. Yeah, because and, the bad contract is there. Yeah, you have to deal with it. And you got to find a way if you're, you know, the Davis Bertans contract that has to be moved off of at some point this summer. Whether it's Javale McGee, Javale McGee possibly as well. Whether it's tonight or in the coming days as we get ready for NBA free agency, those things have got to get cleaned up for this franchise to be able to move forward. But we are off and running. On the get right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. It is now official. Victor Wimbanyama 
is the number one overall pick in this year's NBA draft. Question before we go to break. How fast and loose do we want to play with the um, scuttlebutt, I'll say? Oh. Because it's a little scuttlebutt. Do we want to wait for official or do we want to be like, yo, we are hearing the tweets is saying. How do we want to play this? Let's go. All right. Sham Sharania, you you trust him, right? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Apparently he's saying Charlotte is going to select Brandon Miller. The 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 it wasn't it wasn't smoke screens. Six nine cat out of Alabama looks like he's gonna go play for Charlotte. We'll talk about that more. Coming up next yeah. here on the get right, Levi Weaver of the Athletic, Major League Baseball, who I promise is much smarter than what <laughs> no. Charlotte is doing in the NBA draft. He joins us next to talk a little Rangers baseball, 105 through the fan. Beverly Hills, I love great lyrics. No? I, I don't know what you want me to say here. I'm just saying, it's not great lyrics. Sure. Beverly Hills. No, no. On the I just one. wasn't expecting it for my read. The oh, clearly you was thrown off for a second. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. for a good You're, second, yeah. That exactly what happens when accidents happen, you know? So that's why you, <laughs> that's why you give a call to the Frankles. Shout it's, out to them. <laughs> shout out to them. It's the get right. Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yes, sir. Regal Mendel's holding it down for you here. Uh, Levi Weaver of the Athletic going to be coming up here in just a moment. Uh, it is official. The number two overall pick is in in the NBA draft. Brandon Miller, forward out of Alabama, is the number two overall pick. He goes to Michael's Charlotte Hornets for the moment. We'll talk more about that. We got time. We're like, don't don't worry. We will talk about all those things. Um, I also, real quick, want to talk about uh, a text on the text line, 877-881-1053. This one in particular comes from the 214, and it reads, OMG, NBA draft is so slow. Hey, man, we just did the NFL draft, and the first round took four hours. Like, this is, this is why Ooh, drafts boy. as TV products are stupid, and we should abolish them. Anyways, <laughs> um... <laughs> now <laughs> we go to the Diamond Factory Hotline. You can find him on Twitter at 32EFIS, writer, part of the, the wind-up with the Athletics MLB newsletter, Levi Weaver of The Athletic, joining us here on your home of the Rangers 105 through the fan. Levi, what's going on? Oh, hey, I was, uh, I was watching Pirates Marlins, who, who went number one in the NBA draft. It was a uh, Victor Wimbayama. Look, it's very possible that you would be watching Pirates Marlins. That's actually see, like that, unlike certain years. No. That's actually a fun matchup this year. See, here's what got got caught me no, up though, I because am, Levi got a real, you know, kind of, you know, real, yeah, yeah, real deadpan. Yeah. So when he said it, I was like, now do I take the half second to decipher whether or not he's joking or actually just let him know who it was? And I'm glad I took the half second because yeah. you let us in on the joke there. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I mean, I really am watching Marlins Pirates, but I knew like a year ago that Wimbenyama was going to go number one. Mm-hmm. So. That was, mm-hmm. that was not a surprise. So did Marty um, Smith, so, mind you, who uh, is in San Antonio. He got uh, Victor Wimbanyama shaved into the back of his head, and he is wearing jorts. You understand the concept of jorts, and correct? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and my first question to you. I shouldn't, though. Because, yeah, I don't know a whole lot else about the NBA. So we should we should talk about baseball. No problem. But before <laughs> we get there, what are your stance on jean shorts, Levi? 
Oh, they're great for lakes. Uh, they're fun for music festivals. Um, probably ought to steer clear for church, weddings, funerals. And, I, you know, just like everyone now, I would not do the jorts. Now, I, I am a never shorts guy because I got legs that are made out of uh, basically like, you know, those, those little sticks you find on the side of the road after, after there's been a storm. Mm-hmm. That's what my legs are made out. Nobody needs to see that. So I don't wear them, but I'm not going to judge you for wearing them in an appropriate setting, like going to the lake or a music festival. Very good. Well, speak. I've given this some thought, as you can tell. No, you I have, can tell. That was have. very well thought out. And yes. I was like, I, no objections. Next question. Um, Levi, if I had told you at the beginning of this season that the Texas Rangers would have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five finalists for starters in the American League voting for the All-Star game, you would have told me what? Oh, man. I would have gone through the the list of guys that I thought could do it. I would have thought, because um, pitchers don't, that's not on there. So it would have to be position players. Um, I, so Simeon and Seeger would have been easy to name. I might have said uh, Nate Lowe and Adolis Garcia, and I would have been stumped after that. Yeah, I, look, I completely understand that. Uh, can I ask you then, because our friend uh, Jared Sandler has been kind of, you know, banging on the table about all of the all-star worthy Rangers available. Jonah Heim is this interesting perspective because Jonah's been playing incredible, but catcher's such a weird space when you look at the teams that have to get a player in and, you know, the idea of, um, you know, just catcher in the MLB. Like, what do you view about his all-star candidacy with how well he's played? I think he's been great. Um, I mean, we, we kind of, we kind of knew that he was going to be a, a, an elite defensive catcher. We've seen that the last couple of years. Um, you know, last year he started really strong at the plate. I, I really think that a lot of that may have just been, if I hadn't really had the heavier workload ever before, I exhausted and got some, had to keep focusing on his defense and his offense just kind of, kind of fell off. Uh, so I'm not hugely surprised by that, but I mean, if you look at, you know, fan graphs and you sort of arrange by, I had this pulled up in front of me, actually, if you arrange by wins above replacement, he's the third most valuable catcher in the entire game. He's the valuable in American League. The only two ahead of him, Sean Murphy with Atlanta, 0.1, Will Smith with the Dodgers, 2.7. Number three is right there, Jonah Heim, 2.6. The next highest is Adley Rutschman at 1.8. So, wow. yeah, he's been... He's been extremely good, and I think he probably gets a little bit overlooked because he is on a team with guys like Corey Seager and, and or, uh, Marcus Simeon. And you know, before he was injured, Degrom, the Rangers have some big name guys now, which has not really been the case in the past. But yeah, Heim is absolutely worthy of an All Star nod. I think he has uh, earned every bit of that. Speaking of one of those All Star finalists, it also includes. A rookie third baseman from Texas Tech who has been lighting it up at third base. What have you thought about Josh Young and the way that it seems like the lights are just not too bright for him when it comes to what he's done so far for the Rangers this season? No, he's been great, hasn't he? Like, I, I was a little bit um, – I think a lot of people kind of freaked out last year when he got up and he had a you know such a great minor league. Uh, it was brief because he'd been injured, but at the time he spent in the minor leagues, he was so good came up and there was a lot of strikeouts. Um, and I just, I think that got a little overblown. I always kind of, I mean, I kind of thought that this off season too, I, you know, such a small sample size. He was just coming back from injury. It was his first time to be in the big leagues. And frankly, like 
I wondered at the moment if that was maybe they, you know, should they call him up after so few minor league games? I could see both sides. Like, yeah, he's super hot. You should call him up. Also, he's got like, what, 44 minor league games or something like that. Um, in retrospect, I think it was a really good idea because it gave him a chance to get up in the big leagues, see what it's like, have a little bit of failure. And he's always been a kid that seems pretty on top of it mentally. So, you know, he's going to deal with that. Well, he's going to use that as motivation to work. Frankly, I think calling him up last year and letting him fail a little bit was probably a good idea. Um, and some of that failure may have been due to the fact that he had, had been injured, had missed a lot of time, worked so hard to get back healthy. And then, you know, it's near the end of the season. I assume there was some fatigue there. Uh, but, yeah, he's been about as good as advertised and, in fact, better than advertised. And the one thing that's been a surprise to me is his defense has been much better than I thought. It seems like just about every night you're seeing him make either a really good, solid play on uh, on defense or, or like, some spectacular play that you're like, I didn't, I didn't think he was one of those gold glove type guys. You know, hearing about him in college and hearing about him in the minor leagues, it was always – the scouting report on him was he's going to hit. He hits for average, good contact, uh, probably not a lot of power. And he's shown a lot of power and has also just been pretty impressive on defense as well. It's been super fun. We're talking to Levi Weaver of The Athletic right here on 105 Through the Fan. He writes the wind-up newsletter, and I mean, I can never um, recommend enough that you listen or that you read it, rather. And in reading it, you were kind of talking about at one point about Josh Spores and his kind of resurgence, the way that he's been playing well. Uh, first of all, like, what did you learn about why he's been playing better? And I kind of have a follow-up after that. Sure, yeah. So I got to take, like, my one trip this year. Not not really traveling this year, but, you know, the Rays and the Rangers were playing two best teams in baseball, and I was like, raise my hand, I'll go. So I went and, and talked to him, and this was, you know, what, a week and a half, almost two weeks ago. And even then, you could tell something had shifted for him. And it, it, it has stuck, by the way. He hasn't allowed an earned run this month. Um, and I said, man, what's, what's going on with you? Like, you, no offense, but, like, you've always had good stuff, but it just seems like you could never really put it together. There was command issues, like, what's going on? And he started off, well, you know, it's just about you know, executing pitches. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that's not – that we heard executing pitches for you've heard that your whole career, but now you're doing it. Like what's he's like, well, you know, it's, you know, process over results. I'm like, buddy, that was Chris Woodward's motto. And he's not even here anymore. I know that's not new. Well, how do you do that? And he said, well, it's you know, kind of just being able to sort of set, set aside the failure and, you know, focus on this thing. And I like, okay, we're going to, I almost gave up. I'm like, I know I can ask this question a little bit better how do you do that? <laughs> he goes, well, I had a meeting with CY with Chris Young and he recommended that I go to the mental skills coach and just kind of do a little work with them. And I said, honestly, it's been great to, to kind of get my head straight. And I don't feel, you know, it was some fear and some anxiety and we kind of got that set aside. And you know, I used to almost dread hearing the phone ring in the bullpen when I knew it was going to be me. But now when I hear it ring, it's fun. I'm ready to go out and pitch. And that's been all the difference. And man, he has just looked like a completely different pitcher. So I wrote uh, a story, I think, last spring about Chris Young and, and Ben Baruti is the other guy in the Rangers front office that both really emphasized to ownership, like, hey, we need to invest in this. We need to invest, invest in a better mental health program for our players. We need to really, like, take care of the person and make sure that 
we've got ways to do that, not only because it is the right thing to do to take care of the employees of the organization, but also because this is going to benefit us on the field. Like it, it That's a really unfortunate time to lose Levi. He was giving such a great answer. Yeah, I mean, he's very right. He wrote this piece uh, May 4th of 2022 talking about um, the Rangers' investment in mental health. And one of the questions that I was going to ask, the follow-up I was going to ask Levi is just, we've talked about how much money the Rangers have spent when it comes to actual contracts and the players. And, of course, that is not to be ignored. And, of course, bringing back Bruce Bochy, right, Uh, or bringing in Bruce Bochy, I should say. And I just wonder if there's any way to quantify or, you know, figure how much the Rangers' investment in mental health and, you know, focus in, you know, the human aspect of the baseball game has helped the Rangers, you know, because a lot of times in sports we lament the the numbers guys and making everybody into numbers, but this seems to be the Rangers focusing back in on the human aspect of the game. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yes, we hear you again, you Levi. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. You know what? I could hear you the whole time. I don't know what happened, but huh. my, my phone cut out. Anyway, I was near the end of the answer. Anyway, you basically got it that, you know, they're, they're focusing on that. And then scores is a good example of how that has paid off in uh, on-field production. So, honestly, that was the universe telling me that I was rambling. That's <laughs> I, was, I was transfixed. So, if you were rambling, then it was good. Last one, for, right. last one for me, Levi, when it comes to just the overall state of Major League Baseball, what has been the biggest surprise and biggest disappointment as we get ready to turn the calendar from uh, June to July here in the next week or so? Uh, the biggest surprise probably is like a, a more broad scope thing is that, and I know that we're talking about the pitch clock is not as in vogue as it was a month and a half, two months ago, but it's been remarkable to me what a big difference that has made in making these games more watchable. Um, you know, and I recognize that the games that I watched covering the Rangers the last few years were not watchable for other reasons, but good grief. When those things would drag on to, you know, three hours and 50 minutes, four hours and 10 minutes, you're like, this is, this is a lot. It's a lot. And this year it's been so much more like crisp. You get in, you get out. The at-bats are better. The shift uh, ban has led to a lot more action. I think those rule changes have surprised me in how effective they've been in making the game more enjoyable to watch. Uh, as far as the biggest disappointment, man, it's got to be some combination of like the Mets and the Cardinals. You know, the Mets spent what four hundred and forty-five million dollars this offseason, and they are aggressively mid, to use a term that I would steal from my younger uh, friends. Um, they're they're not great. And then the Cardinals were supposed to contend in the NL Central. There's nobody else to like. Who who else are they going to beat? I mean, who else is going to beat them? And they're terrible. They're in last place. If you want a surprise positive team, it started off as the Pirates. More recently, it's the Reds who are on, uh, I don't know what they did today, but as of yesterday, 11-game winning streak. Ellie De La Cruz is great. Joey Votto is back. Reds are super fun to watch, as are the team I'm watching right now, the Marlins. They've been, they're, they have a better record than the Dodgers or the Yankees. Levi, real quick before we let you go, like really, really quick, and it's really unfair because it's a tough-ranging question, but how do you decide when a team that you anticipated was going to be bad is for real or when it's just a hot streak, uh, a la the Reds? Ooh, I mean, a 10-game win streak is fun, but even that, you kind of got to go, well, it's mid-June. Let's see how things look closer to the trade deadline. Let's see how it looks later in the season. Honestly, for me, it's like, unless they go out and win 100 games, I probably don't make up my mind until it gets close to, like, clinching a playoff spot because a bad team is supposed to be a bad team for a reason, and if they are bad, even if they have a good record in, like, early August, if they're bad, 
there's a losing streak in there somewhere that's waiting to come out. So I, I'm pretty cynical about these sort of things. Uh, but it's a lot of fun to watch when it's happening. Like, it's great to watch the Reds be fun and young and having a blast out there. Levi, tell the folks that they can find you in the work that you're doing these days, man. Uh, just at theathletic.com. If you go to our MLB page, there'll be some place for you to sign up uh, for our newsletter. It's called The Windup. I should have a better answer prepared for that so I can give you the actual address. But it's, it's just you can find it. It's on The Athletic. Uh, and then on Twitter, which I'm on increasingly less these days, but I'm still around once in a while. I'm at 3 2 Ephus. Uh, everywhere, everywhere else is uh, a secret, but it's all just dumb jokes anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Spr- sprinkle in some jean shorts content. Yes, yeah, a little jorts yeah. every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at 3 2 Ephus. Levi Weaver of the Athletic MLB. Good enough to join us here on the Get Right Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Levi, as always, thank you for the time, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. There he goes, Levi Weaver of The Athletic. Good enough to join us here on your home of the Texas Rangers. Before we go to break, let me catch you up on the last couple of picks. Scoot Henderson goes number three overall to the Portland Trailblazers. Amen Thompson goes number four to the Houston Rockets as the NBA draft continues uh, tonight. The Dallas Mavericks going to be on the clock here. Don't forget the last one. Uh, I'm sorry? Other Thompson brothers picked as well. Well, yeah, the other Thompson just went as well. Asur Thompson goes number five to the Detroit Pistons. Detroit. Never mind. It's, uh, no, I wanted to do it as well. It's always fun. Uh, but, yeah, so far, it's chalk. So far. <laughs> lot still to go. Uh, coming up next, though, we're going to take a trip around the National Football League, get you caught up on the latest news and notes. Some. We're probably going to talk more about this hoop. Next on the Get Right. Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. That's right. Rigo Mendoza holding down for you. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-81-1053, 877-81-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. Coming up at the top of the hour here on the Get Right, we'll talk a little more NBA as the NBA draft continues. And we have a, another selection that is in for the NBA draft, Anthony Black going number six overall to the Orlando Magic. Which, funny enough, according to Kevin O'Connor, your your pal, uh, <laughs> Kevin O'Connor, the ringer, his draft, or his, um, yes, mock draft, as of earlier today, had Anthony Black going six to Orlando. One thing you got to remember about the Orlando Magic, I understand, they have a lot of guards. That's the thing that you immediately commented on, KG, in the break. Yes. The thing about it is, like, they got guards, but they're all tall. Right, Franz Wagner is tall. They got um, well, who's my guy? Paolo Boncaro is tall, and I know that they're not guards, but they get, they just got a lot of length and size on that team. So I don't, even though I think people were looking at, oh, maybe they get a center. The idea of them getting a center wasn't as necessary because they had all that length. So getting probably the best player that they could out there was going to be important there. And he's a big guard, Anthony Black, six six two ten. Now this next pick, the 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 Pacers. Getting somebody to play alongside uh, Miles Turner, yeah, yeah, that's where that's where the center is probably going to happen, and that pick is in. So we'll let you know what happens uh, here shortly.
Yeah, coming up at the top of the hour, understanding the NBA movement thus far because the Phoenix Suns said, damn, the new CBA. We're going to get Bradley Beal, and then time is a flat circle because Chris Paul is on the West Coast now. Uh, but before we get there, let's take a quick trip around the National Football League right here, get you caught up on the latest news and notes in and around the NFL. Uh, we start in New York with the Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, unfortunately, Chuck Clark is going to be done for the season. He's got a torn ACL. The talented safety for the Jets is going to be out for the remainder of the season. Yeah, um, they the Jets kind for the of season. I should say. I'm sorry. Yes, the Jets already kind of signed a veteran safety, Adrian Amos, but Chuck Clark, solid safety. So like that's that's kind of tough for the Jets, especially when you consider that was one of the you know. The fine points of that team was the idea that you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers on a team that pretty much doesn't have weaknesses outside of maybe you could say the offensive line. Like they had all the stuff together and you lose one of your starting safeties. That's really tough. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Now, Adrian Amos will get a chance to go through the entirety of camp and really gel. So I guess if you were going to say if you're going to lose a player, losing it now is better, question mark. But um, yeah, that's tough for the Jets. I don't think anybody around here is going to cry for him, though. A little bit of a surprise at number seven for the Indiana Pacers. Oh, boy. Bilal Koulibaly. They said he was leaping, and I didn't realize it was like that. Bilal Koulibaly was in a lottery pick. Wow. So Victor Wimbanyama's teammates, Bilal Koulibaly, goes number seven to the Indiana Pacers. I'm not going to lie to you. This is starting to shape up real nicely if you're a Dallas Maverick. Are we going to have to have this conversation now? We we just do, might. Do we want to just say screw the NFL? Right yeah, now? I mean, shout out to you know we'll get we'll talk a little NFL a little later on because Aaron Rodgers out here tripping. <laughs> literally, literally. I see what you did there. <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, now Bilal Koulibaly. Let me see where did Bilal Koulibaly come in on Kevin O'Connor's draft board? Because, um, uh he was ranked as like the tenth best player, and he is a he's you know tall forward six seven. 194, he's really, really slim, but the, the wingspan came in at seven foot two when people were like, yo, he is so long as a player, right? Like, and that that kind of grabbed people's attention. I mean, apparently, you know how I hate uh, player comps, but you know, they are what they are. Shades of OG Ananobi and Tory Craig, that kind of player, on ball defense, off ball defense, and the ability, the athleticism. So all those things really pulled, uh, I guess, pulled the Pacers to the idea of let's get this versatile long wingspan uh you know wing that can help us out. I thought that this is where Jairus Walker out of Houston would go, right? Like having a center that could play alongside Miles Turner. I thought that that would come together, but what this does is something that we were talking about in the break, the idea of players that the Mavs like falling towards them. Okay, okay, because I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta gather myself here for a second. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you because, need to say more things? Well, no, because <laughs> I'm looking at how this is starting to fall a little bit, and it's very interesting because the Koulibaly thing is kind of throwing me here. Sure. Because let's look at picks eight and nine. Washington needs a guard. Okay. Do they? They just, they just went and got one, man. We got Tyus Jones. You know what I mean? He can they be need guard. to oh, go get wow. a guard. Tyus Jones slander. Okay. Incredible. This is, a, this is a team that's professionally tanking right now. Um, so you've got Washington there with needs to address. And then the wild card here at nine is the Utah Jazz. Now, they can go in a number of different directions. because that Not com- a big, though. 
they don't need a big. Walker Kessler, shout out to him. Um, Colin Sexton could be on the move. There's been some conversation about him possibly being on the trading block from Utah. But you look at what they have between Kessler, Lori Markinen is still there. Jordan Clarkson's still there. Colin Sexton we just mentioned. I'm not going to lie to you. This is shaping up really nice because between here's, here's what you're going to have. You're going to have your choice, it appears right now, between Case and Wallace. Who's Jer- a guard? I don't know how much you want that, but. I mean, a talented player, though. Yes. But you're going to have your choice here of Case and Walker, or, or excuse me, Case and Wallace, Jarris Walker, Cam Whitmore, and Taylor Hendricks. One of those dudes is going to be available for you there at number 10, which to me, that is best case scenario for the Dallas Mavericks here. If you're going to sit and pick. If you're going to stay there and pick. However, I have made it very clear, I need you to extract more value. I, I agree with you. But as we've talked about already, when it comes to the CBA, getting young, cheap talent is the way to go. And it looks like the good, young, cheap talent is falling further. So if you can find a way to get to 15, 16, 20, right? Oh, We've got a trade. Oh, buddy. We've got a trade. Oh, buddy. I don't. Even, I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, breaking news on 105 through the fan is presented by BetQL. Smarter bet. Start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. The Pacers are trading Bilal Koulibaly. Wait, what? To the Wizards, as I said. No, I didn't. Um, as they are trading him to the Wizards, the Pacers are now targeting Jarris Walker. Oh, so but this is the thing. And with the number eight pick. Let's lay this out so people can see this clearly. The Pacers had the number seven, right? That's right. That's right. The Wizards had number eight. So the Wizards were like, he's he's so close, but we can't be certain he's going to get to us. Let's just trade with them. So obviously the way that the NBA works, the trades don't go through on, on trade night, right? Like they have to go to the league office and be uh, officially done. It's not like the NFL in that way. So Balul Koulibaly will wear the Pacers hat. That's However, right. he was drafted on behalf of the Wizards. And so what I was saying with Jairus Walker to the Pistons or to the Pacers, it's still going to happen. It's just going to happen at eight. Okay, so now we're at a situation. So Jarris Walker's going to be off the board at eight to go to the Indiana Pacers. That leaves you now Taylor Hendricks. That leaves you Cason Wallace. Cam Whitmore still and there. Cam Whitmore is still there as well. We heard that Whitmore was starting to slip. There's concerns medicals. about some medicals there. Is it time to do the medical thing? I'm not going to lie to you. Is it time to do the medical thing? I like Casey Smith. That's I love me some Casey Smith. I I have no Team bad USA things. medical guy. I've heard literally no bad things about Casey Smith That's to the right. point where I haven't heard neutral things about Casey Smith. Casey Smith is brought up, and I hear nothing but the greatest things in the world. Mm-hmm. Virtually How, unassailable around here. However, allow me to paint you a picture. Oh, and this stemmed from like the the trade last night when the Celtics go and get Kristaps Porzingis, and I was like, why does this kept restored his All Star level play? Because he was healthy, right? It really was that. There was so much start and stop with uh, KP here in Dallas that, like, he was never able to get into that form. And, of course, we could talk about play styles. We could talk about his uh, morale uh, when it talks about playing with Luka and under Rick Carlisle and those things. I don't, we don't have to, like, relitigate those things. I'm not trying to put any blame anywhere. Just acknowledging that all those things were the case. However, we had that player who was broken down here, went elsewhere, healthy. Uh, Max Kleba. Constantly injured. Do I blame Casey Smith? I don't, I don't think so. But like, 
we can start naming names of guys who have remained, you know, unhelped. Kyrie Irving came through, got hurt around these parts, right? Like, look, I'm not trying to say things. <laughs> uh-huh. Correlation does not indicate causation. That's right. That's I just right. got I heard questions. That somewhere. Uh-huh. I just got questions. That's all. I'm gonna put it out there like that. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna soft launch it. I'm just gonna kind of float it out there. <laughs> just put it out there. Just see where just it lands. Float it out there. Y'all let me know. Just see if it sticks out there a little bit. Just let me know. It feel like people be getting hurt around these parts. Oh boy! But Casey Smith is great. That's all I've ever heard, and it's I've heard it from like the smartest people in the league, all around the league, well respected, well loved. I like I don't have any substantial evidence to go. He is not good at his job. I just wonder how are those things? How do those things come together? How do those things mesh? Oh boy, this is uh, this this Bilal Kulabali pick is kind of it's thrown, you. It's kind of thrown things a little bit, and now do you need a few minutes to to take a break and then? Well, guess what. What? We're about to go to break. Coming up on the other side of the break, understanding the movement that's already happened, and we should be close to the time when your Dallas Mavericks. If they don't do what they're supposed to do and trade it. (laughs) Making their selection. We do it next. Shout out to Around the NFL and the Get Right.